Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. And as you're turning there, where does Frosty cash his check? At the snowbank. That's right. See, the snowbank. How do Christmas trees get ready to party? They spruce up. What do you call a reindeer with no eyes? No idea out there? No idea? Some of you got it, some of you didn't. (laughs) Amen. What child is this? Beautiful hymn that we sang this morning that uh, takes the approach uh, looking at Christ more on uh, his humanity side. Uh, He was as much God as he was man. He was as much man as he was God. And that kind of uh, beautiful song uh, takes the approach on on his uh, humanity. And yet, it's not just the title of a beautiful song. It's so much more than that. It's actually a question that every single one of us have to answer. Amen? We have to answer, what child is that? It's a question that's going to determine our eternal future, our, our eternal destiny. And this world has come up with many, many wrong answers to that important question. From Jesus was, you know, he was a a good man. Jesus was a prophet. As we saw a couple weeks ago, he was a, a teacher come down from God. So this morning I want us to look into God's word to find the true answer to that probing question. What child is this? John chapter 1, starting right at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Skip down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. As we clarified last week, Jesus was not just a teacher come down from God. Jesus was God come down to teach us. Amen? God come down to teach us. He is both God the Son and the Son of God. Amen? Verse 1 tells us right off the bat, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was what? Was God. Amen? Who is the Word? Who is he speaking of? Jesus Christ, right? We have the written word, God's word, but we also have the living word, Jesus Christ himself. Amen? He was God. 
So we see God the Father. We're, we're all familiar with God the Father. We see here that the Son, the Word, was God. Go to the book of Acts chapter 5. Verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and thought a certain uh, and bought a, a certain part uh, and land um, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Pay attention to the wording here. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land to yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own to control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. We see here clearly that these verses show us that the Holy Spirit is also who? Also God. Amen? So we see here we have the complete triune God, the Trinity. Many today are, are deceived and believe that as long as you believe in a God, you're okay. You, you'll still go to heaven. But the truth is that's, that's a lie. Amen? It's contrary to the Bible. The Bible clearly teaches us that there is only one true and living almighty God. And he has come to reveal himself to us in three persons. Amen? One almighty God who has come to reveal himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Trinity. So this morning, the first thing I want us to consider is the mystery of the Trinity. The mystery of the Trinity. Well... Matthew chapter 3, skipping down to verse 16, we're going to get some, uh, some scriptures to back up the, the reality of the Trinity, the, how the Bible speaks clearly about the Trinity. Talking about Jesus' baptism here, Matthew 3, verse 16. When Jesus had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. So we see the Son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we see here in Matthew 3, at the baptism of Jesus, we see the presence of the entire Trinity. 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 2. The elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Another verse clearly showing us the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And lastly, we'll use 2 Corinthians chapter 2. There's many other scriptures, but I just picked a, a couple here to clearly show us. Uh, Chapter uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, skip down to verse 21. Now he, Jesus, who established us with you, or, or God the Father, who established us with you in Christ and has anointed uh, us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 
Again, we clearly see the Bible teaches us of a triune God, clearly teaches us the existence of the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the fact of the Trinity, it's just a divine mystery to us, amen? We can't understand it by logic. We can't understand it by investigation. We simply come to know it, how? By divine revelation. God has divinely revealed it to us in his word. Now, I want us to, to make a note here. Just because we don't understand something does not make it untrue. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Amen? For example, this afternoon after service, I'm going to go home and I'm going to turn on my TV and the Eagles are going to be playing on it. Amen? I don't know how that live image of the Eagles playing in North Jersey is going to appear on my TV. I have no idea how it gets there. But I do know when I turn that TV on, guess what's going to be on? They're going to be on there playing. Amen? The fact that I don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Amen? 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Amen? The fact of the Trinity does not depend on logic or understanding. It's a divine mystery of God. Now, sometimes we try to, try to compare God to this or that or, or try to explain the Trinity as being you know, like this or, or it's like that. But the truth is that God cannot be compared. Amen? Isaiah 40, 18. To whom then shall you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? God cannot be compared. We also try to, to illustrate the Trinity, right? For example, we say, you know, the Trinity is like time. You know, time has past, present, and future. Each one of them is a distinct period of time, and as a whole, they're all time. But we need to understand, you know, they're all separate and distinct. They're all still time, but that's just a reflection. Amen? That's just a reflection of the Trinity and not an illustration. I want to clarify something else here. The Trinity is not polytheism. Amen? It's not teaching multiple gods. We need to, we need to get that clear. Amen? We don't worship three different gods. We worship one God that has revealed himself to us in three persons. It's not one plus one plus one equals three. It is one times one times one equals what? One. Amen? One God. Bottom line is that I'm glad that I don't understand God. And you should be too. Amen? We don't want to serve a God that is so small that we can understand him. I'm grateful that God is much larger and cannot be comprehended and cannot be contained. 
Amen? As we've read there, great is the mystery of godliness. Plain and simple. Great is the mystery of godliness. Second thing I want us to consider, not just the mystery of the Trinity, but also the majesty of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are all God. Amen? All three persons. And as such, that means they are all sovereign. Sovereign. What does sovereign mean? Well, sovereign means that they have complete authority. Amen? They are the supreme king. They have supreme majesty. That's why we see the Bible referring to Jesus as the king of kings. Amen? That means he has complete authority over everything and everyone. The king of all kings. In our John chapter 1, in verse 3, it said, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. How many things were made by Christ? All things. Amen. What does all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means. Plain and simple. So I want us to see here that we see this majesty evident in creation. Genesis 1.1. We're all familiar with Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. That word God in the Hebrew is the word Elohim. That is a plural form of God. In the beginning, God created. That's talking about the entire Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three, the triune God, was involved in creation. God, Elohim, is plural. God created. That is a singular form of the Hebrew, ber- uh, of the Hebrew verb created. In the beginning, God, plural, Elohim, created singularly. One God responsible for the entire creation. We also see a good example in, in Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Amen? Us and our Another example that the entire Trinity was part involved in the entire creation process. Secondly, we see the majesty of the Trinity in the great commandment as well. We hear the great commandment repeated a lot in the New Testament, but it actually originated in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That is the great commandment, amen? To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and all of our strength. Now, what, we, what I want to point out here in verse 1, it says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. That is the Hebrew word. The word one is the Hebrew word ahad, spelled E-C-H-O-D, pronounced ahad. It means a plural one. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, 
For example, if you go to the supermarket and you buy one bunch of grapes, are you coming home with one grape? No, it's one bunch. However, it's made up of what? Multiple grapes, more than one. Give you another example. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they too shall become what? One flesh. Amen? A plural one. That's what it's talking about. A plural one. They, the two shall become one. It's one couple, but made up of what? Two people. That is a plural one. We also see this majesty in the eternal fatherhood of God. So when did God become a father? Was it when Jesus took on human flesh, was born in Bethlehem? The answer is absolutely not. Amen? Many wrongly believe that Jesus is the son of God because he was born of a virgin. That's nonsense. Jesus was born of a virgin because... He was the Son of God. Amen? That's what we need to understand. Jesus, the Son of God, existed way before Bethlehem. Let me give you some examples. Look in Daniel chapter 4, verse 25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. This is talking about the story of uh, of the three Hebrews. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown in the furnace of fire. It says, look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the what? The Son of God. This is the book of Daniel. This is in what? Not the New Testament. This is in the Old Testament. Many, many years before Bethlehem. We also see it in Proverbs chapter uh, uh, 32, or I'm sorry, chapter 30, verse 4. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you know, again, a reference to the son of God in the Old Testament. Then we have the great piece of scripture in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting what? Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen? Jesus is the everlasting Father. He is the Son of God and God the Son, without beginning, without ending. Amen? Lastly, I want us to consider not just the mystery of the Trinity, not just the majesty of the Trinity, but I want us to consider the ministry of the Trinity. You know, acknowledging the Trinity, it's not just a nicety. 
Now, it's not just something nice to know. We need to understand it's important. It's, it's, it's crucial to our eternal destiny. Amen? So how does our eternal destiny depend on the Trinity? Well, we need to understand that first and foremost, we've been selected by the Father. Selected by the Father. Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Do you see that? God's desire is for us to come unto Jesus Christ. And he has chosen that as our path. He has made that path for each and every one of us. That is his desire for all of our eternal destination. We are selected in the Father. But secondly, we are saved by the Son. Ephesians 1, 6 and 7, skipping down to verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved, in him, in Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. God the Father chose us to be saved by the Son. The Bible makes it clear that there is no other name in heaven or on earth or under the earth by which we must be what? Saved. Amen? Chosen, selected by the Father, saved by the Son, and then we are sealed by His Holy Spirit. Skip down to verse 13. In Him, Jesus, you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What we need to understand is that what God seals, no one, and that includes ourself, can unseal. Amen? We need to praise God for that. So the entire Godhead, the entire Trinity, is also involved not just in creation, but also in our redemption. Those are the two great works of God. Amen? Creation and redemption. And we see how important it is for us to understand the Trinity because the entire Trinity was involved in both. And for us, redemption. The Father has selected us, just a handful of us. God selected all of us before the foundation of this world. That is his desire for all of us. Amen? The plan of salvation is offered to who? All mankind. So we are selected in the Father, all of us, for what? To be saved by the Son. 
And once we believe in Jesus Christ, once we put our faith and trust in him, then we are sealed by his Holy Spirit. And that is an unbreakable seal forever and ever and ever. Amen. Plain and simple. And this plan of salvation was set in motion in that tiny little insignificant town of Bethlehem. Amen. You know, we looked at all the examples of the Trinity. The Bible, right at Genesis 1-1, the Old Testament, started off with the Trinity. In the beginning, God, Elohim, plural God, all three persons. Did you know the New Testament also starts off with the Trinity? The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, starting at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ the Son, with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. What child is this? What child is this that brings Christmas to every heart? He is the wonderful counselor, almighty God, prince of peace, the everlasting father. He is Emmanuel. God with us, God come down in the flesh to offer up himself in our place on Calvary's cross. What child is this? He was born of a virgin so that we can be born again. What child is this? He is our unspeakable, indescribable Christmas gift from God the Father conceived by the Holy Spirit.